El futuro pertenece a las mujeres valientes. Welcome to another edition of the Our Football Podcast, episode 104. Welcome back, everybody. It's been a while, but it's a special edition of the Our Football Podcast. We'll get into it in a second. But of course, as always, is my counterpart, Adriana Terrazas. Adriana, how are you today? Hey, Amy. I'm doing great. Um, I'm laughing a bit because we have some tech issues, but I'm okay. How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, I can't believe that CONCACAFW is right around the corner. Um, it's getting hot over here in LA, but I'm sure Monterrey is going to be even hotter. So mentally prepared. It is. There's like a severe drought. I, I, I have, I was actually wondering if it's going to impact like some of the clubs or the teams, uh, once they get there, because there's like a really huge drought in Monterrey right now. Like, I mean, like, I think the dam is like down to 5% and people have to go out on the streets and wait for water pipes to come in and stuff like that. So it's, it's bad, but um, hopefully it won't impact the teams. Um, but it's definitely something just you should a keep an eye bit, out Just for. a little bit, but it won't impact our super cool podcast today. Um, if you didn't already see from the title or our graphics or how we shared this, this is a crossover pod. So we're super, super excited to be welcoming the Shea Butter FC co-host, Sky and Sylves. I mean, it's going to be so much fun. We haven't really done anything like this before, but yeah, Sky, Sylves, how are you guys today? We're uh, good. Doing well. Doing well. Doing well. Doing great. So yeah. we're super excited. Obviously, like I just mentioned, CONCACAFW is going to be starting uh, next week. And you know what? We just kind of wanted to start building that community. After all, this is our pod- uh, our football podcast. This is for everybody. This is our football and all the people in the community that are going to be involved. Adriana and I will be traveling for the group stage matches. So we'll see each other and we'll have some content for you guys there. But we kind of wanted to start kicking off, you know, building the community building up the content, you know, women's soccer is so fun and it also has its things and we're going to get into that today. But to start things off, uh, Sky, Sills, whichever one of you guys wants to go first, tell us, tell our listeners a little bit about Shea Butter FC. Um, You know, it's such a cool podcast for me to listen to because just like Adriana and I created the Our Football podcast, you know, we were like, somebody's not doing what we want to do. Somebody is not telling the stories or, or talking about the things that we feel are relevant to talk about. So kind of tell us how, you know, Shea Butter FC kind of formed and, and what's it about for our listeners. Ew. Uh, Sky, I'll let you go. Uh, for real, I got to start it. So long ago, I'm far away, I'm just playing. <laughs> like a couple years ago, um, basically me and Sills end up connecting because of a certain national team's awards being a hot mess and it was the pandemic. So we ended up crossing paths on Twitter. Um, and so we would talk about soccer all the time online and um, I guess via text message and phone calls. And then eventually Grego from Florida culture had hopped in our conversations on Twitter, eventually hopped in our DMS and was like, do y'all know each other? Y'all should do a podcast. What's funny is we had, when we first met, we had said, you know, we didn't see ourselves out there. And so that, you know, <clears throat> we should do a podcast, but we had no idea what the hell that looked like. And so we would just talk soccer all the time. Um, but after Grego from Florida Culture United um, saw us, he was like, hey, we'll help y'all do it. Y'all should do it. And then it eventually became yeah. Shea Butter FC. 
That was right. podcast. Then now is a brand. Yeah, we we have a, a brand now. That's still a little daunting to say. Um, but yeah, we we didn't see like Sky said. We didn't see ourselves. We didn't see um, the focus on black players and women's soccer and um, their stories being told and how they were analyzed. Uh, the culture that comes with being black, particularly black Americans, but black the whole diaspora. Um, we we saw a need, and so. Uh, if nobody else is going to do it, we figured if it was a pandemic, why not? Um, and we celebrated our one year anniversary in April, April 4th. Um, anniversary. And, so, yeah. so just going strong and really want to just bring culture, our culture and culture, other cultures as well, um, to the game that we know gets severely overlooked in this country. So that's really what we're here for, players, but also fans, staff, coaches, um, front, front offices, everybody. So just really... We think the sport is for everyone, and so we, we want to make that as true as possible. Yep. I always find that so interesting because I had the same feeling. Like, Adriana and I also were kind of compelled to create the Our Football Pod. Um, I've worked with Footmax Nation, for those of you listening for a while, right, that does Mexican soccer in English, and it always has been primarily focused on men. And I remember my colleague, Wiso Vasquez, was like, you know what, you should – I think the league was – what 2018 so it was like a year ish into the season for the league the you know the beginnings of Liga Max Feminine he was like you know you should do a podcast for women and I felt a little hesitant on my end because I was like I don't want to be typecasted but at the same time like you guys are mentioning right like nobody else is doing it so why don't we give that area you know because there are a lot of like multilingual you know Mexican Americans that speak English and maybe they want to consume this and but it's it, I always find it interesting because there's that hesitation, right? Like you guys are saying, like, mm. like should we do this? And like, there's like a thousand other podcasts, right? Of like people that, I mean, for better or worse, sometimes don't know what they're talking about, and you're just like, if they can do it, why can't we do it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because I think Amy and I only actually met what was it, like two years later, Amy. I think yeah, it was, it was at a MLS game. <laughs> Uh, we we just we <laughs> yeah. just met in person this year, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we did. We met. No, we went late. late wait, hold on, pause. We Oof. met like late. Yes, no. like late twenty twenty one. Well, we met. We oh, met you're right. In the summer, we for met the in Seattle. Double yeah. for the. You're right. Yeah, we met it. That's when we met. So we was doing podcasts and hadn't even met each other. So it's something. Okay. This this day. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's a, a podcast, podcast thing. Yeah, it is. Pandemic, <laughs> just internet thing. Yeah, pandemic definitely. You know, does my it. favorite thing, my favorite joke, and we're gonna kind of digress, and it's not really a joke because it's reality, is uh, everybody being so surprised at how tall Andre is. I would like to meet him at some point to find out just how tall he is. <laughs> Same. Oh yeah, he's like tall. Like you yeah. can tell he's tall. Like he's tall, tall, tall. <laughs> like the. I, <laughs> yeah, I have not experienced the, the the tallest pod, but yes, from photos they look fairly tall. Yeah, they look really tall. Cause like, yeah, Courtney's tall too. Yeah, Andre is. don't get. You know, it's not just Andre. Courtney yes, a basketball player tall. too. She does not. That's, right, that's why she said the Andre, tallest so. podcast. So I would. I think Courtney's actually gonna. Be, no, she's gonna be at the Euros, huh? Or I don't know. She's. No, I think she's. Is doing she? Both. Oh, 
Oh, she's so I might. No, it's, she's gonna be very tired. I am very, very <laughs> yeah. short, so this will be an interesting introduction oh, no. to, to have. It's really funny because people don't realize just how short I am until they meet me. I think you're. I thought you were like. No, 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 I am a. I am a just like my kids almost reach me at that point. Listen, just the same. That's all. That's all. Oh. <laughs> but guys, I mean, let's get right into it. I, I, I'm excited uh, for all of you who are listening because we are definitely going to give this time to our guests and the crossover pod will kind of be more where you guys will hear us talking about El Tri Femenil. But we wanted to give our listeners kind of the inside scoop from U.S. Women's National Team experts. I mean, but they've been doing this for a while and it'll be a, you know, it'll be a different approach to it. But guys, CONCACAF W officially starts in less than a week kicks off monday monday yes monday july 4th um you know from a women's national team standpoint we were talking about this off the air but i gotta say i feel like and it's hard to say this about the reigning champs but the confidence is a little high even though the the it's not a little it's 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 higher than it should be (laughs) it's 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 through the roof it's Uh, like higher and it's like girl what you doing I just, um, so there's, there's a few things. One, um, like not a lot of these players have experience doing this kind of, of tournament. Mm -hmm. Um, this is for many of them, their first major tournament. Uh, and so I absolutely think some of them are ready for prime time. I'm not so sure all of them are ready (laughs) for prime time and it's a bit different, uh, also, this is CONCACAF. You're going to get hit in the mouth. Like, that's just the way CONCACAF works. Mm-hmm. And for me, three, this is the best, certainly at the top part of CONCACAF, I think. This is the best CONCACAF has been in a really long time. Yes. There's major talent. And I'm looking, I'm listening to things like that. I know we were talking off air about Julie Foudy's comments yesterday. And this is overconfidence mm-hmm. and almost dismissal. Did she, oh, so I didn't. So of, uh, you guys were watching. I didn't watch it. I just saw it kind of like explode online. Did she actually like laugh or was it like? I don't know if it's like a nervous last laughter because I do think that's a tick that she has. So I don't know if it was in conjunction. I did not watch the game in real time and I'm very glad that I did not. I, I, I watched it. <laughs> Sky but did. I didn't hear, but I didn't hear her comment in real mm-hmm. time. Um, okay. But the essence of what it was, I was like, yo, like. Because from what I've seen with the U.S. Women's National Team over these last two games in particular, but even for the last year, two years, mm-hmm. under Vlako Adenoski, it's like, from a roster standpoint, tactical standpoint, they aren't where they need to be. They weren't like that. They weren't where they need to be for the Olympics, and you could have blamed the pandemic. But in this case, it's concerning because roster construction makes no sense, mm-hmm. but then also tactical implementation isn't lining up. And then what you're seeing on the field in the game. They play Columbia. They're not the highest ranked team, but they're not terrible either. And they played yeah. them for the fourth, fifth time, but yeah. they did not look good. You, the U.S. Women's National Team did not look good as a team. They looked exhausted. They looked disjointed. Mad spacing that yeah. was gonna that's going to create problems in the midst of playing the top of Concacaf <laughs> next week. <laughs> the the um, best yeah. we looked was the second half again in the first game against Columbia, right. and a lot of that had to do both with him teaming up, I guess, doing double tens with Lavelle and Sanchez, and also who he took off <laughs> that game yes. for Lavelle and Sanchez to have the space to be able to roam. But it's the, it's not so little things anymore, and things that I was like, we should have had this figured out by now. Like you don't have a backup six. Christy Muse is learning how to play the six, going into Concacaf qualifiers. What are we doing? 
Like, what are we doing? So do you guys think it's more like lack, like being overconfident or just yes. lack of actually executing a better plan? I think there's a combination. I think combination. Th- there is that level of arrogance that keeps them from executing a better plan. Because I would also argue we pretty much only ever play a 4-3-3, right? At some point, that part. The ta- our talent, that's not the best formation for the talent pool. Like, it's just, right. it's not. Um, right. And I feel like he should be capable of coaching it. Okay. So, caveat, Blacko's a very good club coach, right? Like, he's won in the league. Um, granted, it was the beginning of the league, but that, and that team was loaded, but he's coached a loaded team to championships. I think his best coaching job to date is still the semifinal against the Courage when he was the coach of the reign. Like, he had no, they had no business getting to 120 minutes in that game, and they did it. Um, and really put it to the eventual champs who blew everybody else out. Um, so I do think he has some coaching ability, I just haven't seen it at this level. And I, I wonder sometimes if the moment's too big, right? Like if it's too much, the pressure of this job, of that job, right? To coach the best team in the world. Um, and it doesn't think, and I don't think every decision's his decision either. I think the Federation has a lot of power on what players get picked and what players don't for things that have nothing to do for soccer um, on the pitch anyway. So you guys think it's, it's like trying to respect or maybe even fear of moving around pieces that you just know you can't move around? It's, it's just... Go with what you know works and avoid any problems with trying to move around players. Well, I actually also think it's some it's some cockiness too because you have such good players. And so for the mm-hmm. for years we were able to get away with just throwing mm-hmm. out any tactics, doing throwing out whatever players players not playing in their best positions. You got you I mean we talking about Tobin Heath playing left back. Uh, you're, you got all kind of craziness happening. Oh, or I mean Crystal Dunn plays as a left back and that is not her best position. She's the a whole position. midfielder. Yeah, so you got a way doing that. You got a way imp- implementing terrible tactics and everything. Mm-hmm. But what we forget is the teams were not invested in. They didn't have the domestic leagues they have now. You didn't have players playing all over the place. It's like yeah. it's an arrogance level where you're assuming you're playing the same CONCACAF con- of all, but not reality. And, like, what's concerning to me is you see stuff on film where it's like you give that same spacing to Mexico, Haiti, Jamaica, and the three teams you play, you're going mm-hmm. to get cooked. Yeah. You, like, it's not going to – like, where Colombia struggled, they're going to – you're going to get killed. <laughs> I, it also right, feels you know? like, I, go, it sorry, also feels like you kind of have to validate the decisions that you've made, too, for Blake Ono, because I know a huge, a huge I, I know a huge part of the timeline, and I say this as a very novice U.S. women's national team person. I just follow, you know, like you and like you guys and a few other prominent people that know the game, and the omissions are very apparent, right? So now you kind of have to prove why those omissions are what they are mm-hmm. and still do a great job with the decisions that you're making. Absolutely. And and I do want to make a caveat here. Injuries absolutely yeah. matter, right? And many, I think I don't know if I said this like for our listeners. Like how would like ballpark, how many would you say you're you're missing because of injuries? So people who have been starters or would be starters, I would say since twenty nineteen. Right? I'm, and I'm gonna count press even though there's a whole thing about <laughs> yeah. that, right? Uh you have we'll talk about that later. Um so you have Kristen Press, Crystal Dunn, Casey Krueger, Lynn Williams, Tierna Davidson, Sam Lewis, oh, Abby Dahlkemper. Seven. Did I The people who are pregnant. Oh, Katarina Macario. Oh, yeah, Good God. Yeah. Oh, Katarina, yeah. <laughs> That's eight people. 
Oh, then Crystal Dunn, Julie said, Hurts are pregnant. Crystal, yeah, Crystal Dunn and Julie Hurts are out with pregnancy. So is Casey Kruger, by the yeah, way. She's not injured. Yeah, essentially the um, whole squad missing. Yeah, almost yeah, an 11, yeah, right? Like, almost like an entire 11. lineup. Yeah. Outside of goalkeepers, <laughs> like, almost an 11 and on every line. Um, and there's clearly those people are missed, right? So my, my conversation, and again, I don't know if I've made these public, but my conversation has been the people missing are the people who are most likely to cover up the mistakes. Like, the yep. people who are good enough to cover up his, like, his inability to coach in that moment. They're gone. And so you are left with people who, yes, have talent, but they aren't, either they're too young to be there right now, or they were never that player. And I think what? he's going with what he thinks will work. Now, I will give Mega Rapino credit. She said, hey, if this doesn't work, Blacko and I are probably both off this team. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, <laughs> you were right. Uh, you were self-aware enough to know that. So I think he's taken a big swing because he doesn't know what else to do and he's not willing to take a risk on young talent, even though, honestly, this would be the time to do it. I think we have good enough young talent to qualify anyway, um, which is the goal. The goal is to qualify. But it's also really tricky because unless you finish first, if you finish second or third, you have to play in to get that Olympic spot. And if the U.S. doesn't make the Olympics, that's a revenue loss. Like, that's political. That that The Federation's going to be mad about that. And how that plays out is going to be really interesting with less than a year to go for the World Cup. Yep. So we'll see. Like, I'm, I'm not, I think we'll qualify. I don't know. I don't think we'll finish first. You really Definitely. don't think so, they'll finish first? That gets nervy. I mean, I'm, no. So you think who? You think Mexico no, is their first, or who do you think is getting first? I don't think we'll win the tournament. Yeah. No, I think Canada it, or Mexico it, will beat us. So, yeah. so it, it's too. Let's take. Oh, go ahead. go ahead. I'm. I'm loving you guys right now so much for <laughs> saying that Mexico I, will win the well, tournament. Well, it's because it's because <laughs> even within the year, I've seen how much Mexico has improved, and again. We can't stop Maria Sanchez and Diana Ordonez in the NWSL. Why the hell would those same defenders be able to do it on the national team? Well, level? yeah, by part. Sorry, I and sorry, it, I won't curse too much. <laughs> no, 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 there's no, there's no, there's no like rule to. And, and, and also, I mean, we aren't changing formations that much, and you have players like Lindsey Horan, who isn't there. Like you're gonna try to play her as a six. She hasn't. That's not her ministry. She's been moving out of position. That's contribute to some of the issues you you're going to play. You got a six who will start who's on one and a half legs and Andy Sullivan. You have a right back who is not completely healthy. Everybody's exhausted. Um, and that's part of the issue we haven't talked about with the NWSL, mm. all the bajillion games they played. Yeah. But then also, I mean, you have you're, you're seeing things in these friendlies where normally this happens January. They're looking like this before a tournament where the right the right storm is brewing that you could get caught flat-footed. Um, and so I wouldn't be surprised if another team wins. And then we're doing the same tactical stuff we've been showing on film repeatedly. <laughs> so people can it's, scheme it's for It's funny because I said right. this off the air, um, and, I, and I, I'll say it again for, for the podcast. For me, it's very sad. And I don't compare the men's and women's games like to compare men's and women players. I literally look at it and I go, you know what? This reminds me of that, like for the sport of soccer. And listening to particularly U.S. women's national team, like, fandom and, and just the timeline and stuff, it, it's, like, eerily similar to, like, Mexico's men's squad. Like, there was a point where, like, you looked mm -hmm. at them 
and like you saw them be like aggressive and assertive and i watched i didn't watch the second game but i watched last week's game for the women's national team against colombia and it was really interesting to me because like you guys said like there are clearly talented players but the way that it was like coming together just like it the puzzle wasn't fitting the way that it was supposed to like the goals were not coming in the way that they were supposed to and not not so much that I, that Adriana and I are like oh yeah they're not going to get first like we're we're settling for second for the group but it's really interesting to see that that level of frustration and for you guys like what is disappointment like we say it all the time in in like Mexican soccer like like a fracaso right so what's mm. considered a failure is it just not qualify for the olympics or is it or yes. is it even like getting yeah. second I think if they in don't the group? Yeah. I think second would be will be I think second in the group will be interesting because in theory they could still play their way into second or third place yeah. overall. Um, yeah. I mean, the ultimate goal is to qualify. No yeah. matter what, you we right. have to qualify for the World Cup. That's not an option. Um, I think second in the group would be interesting, though I think we've done that before at some point um, yes. back in the day. I I think finishing overall, like if we finished fourth overall, I think everything would blow up. Like I, just Kaboom. to be straight, be out of the Olympics. I think that's yes. the worst. And but qualify for the World Cup is the worst case scenario. Because, yes, that's the worst case. Again, that's revenue loss. Like U.S. soccer wants money because they don't have any. So, <laughs> um, so breaking down yeah. the games. All right. So you guys kick it off. U.S. versus Haiti. How do you see that? Three points. That's a danger I, game. I think we should win that game, but I will yeah, say we this. Haiti gave us problems in Olympic qualifiers, and the person who scored goals against Haiti is hurt. <laughs> um, sorry, both of them. Home. Well, and the one who assisted is hurt too. Yeah, is hurt. And Haiti's Kristen players have been playing and D1 Arkema. Like they have several D1 Arkema players who play against the Katotos, the Hegebergs, the Macarios, all of these players week in and week out. Um, they're better now than they were, and that's despite Haiti's federation going through all sorts of horrible things, right? that team's still really good. And so um, I think we should get three points, but I don't think it's going to be like a blowout. If you told me it was like three, one or something and it was close three, one. I also feel like Haiti, and this is also looking at it for Mexico is like Haiti during the, during the other uh, qualifiers, they just scored goals left and right. So like, so like that, I think for it. Yeah. I think for anybody, it'll be interesting. Like, I don't think the U S walks away with a clean sheet. It'll be impressive if they do, including for Mexico, but I, I still see it with the, with the victory. I don't see it too bad. Uh, Jamaica, how are you guys looking at that game? So Jamaica is interesting because this is the first time the U S will play with a mostly healthy squad from Jamaica and bunny Shaw. And I don't think people remember that when the last time we played Jamaica, there were several people missing. Yeah. So we're going to actually play their full squad at full strength. Um, this game is also interesting because allegedly, supposedly, Lindsey Horan is going to be the six in the game. Oh, <laughs> if God. this is the game, we do this with Bunny Shaw. Bunny Shaw That's... is going to kill us and get his hat trick. So if we lose that game, that'll be part of why. But it'll be interesting to see because uh, we haven't seen Jamaica like that. I- if you're going to play Haran at the six, you're asking a lot of Alana and Becky, like a lot. Yes. And I imagine who that that's who will start that game to cover yes. her. Um, and I also imagine you're going to have to, your outside backs are going to have to be defenders that game. Like you can't, they're going to have to cover for that. Um, <laughs> my issue isn't, well, okay. On a personal level, yes. 
Haran and I could have some issues. <laughs> but my issue with Haran is she's a floating player. Like she doesn't, yes. she's not a sedentary player. She's not going to stay in her position. If you go back to the Columbia game, first half, there's literally a moment where she runs into Ashley Hatch in Ashley Hatch's <laughs> spot because she's inside the 18 where a striker is supposed to be, right? Like it's just this really like, why are you there? And I think it works at Lyon because she's got Amandine Henri, who's older, who's more of a veteran, who can tell her to stay her behind where she needs to be, um, and who does a lot of the dirty, like the dirty work. Not that Haran didn't in that Champions League game final, but um, yeah, I just, I that front line scares me a little bit. And Bunny Shaw is one of the best goal scorers in the world. Like I think we're gonna, I think that's gonna be a goal fest, and if. We won. Yeah, I could also see that being a draw. So three points. So three yes, points against two. Haiti. If you had to say it now, just one point with Jamaica against Jamaica. <sighs> yeah, I think that's the. Sh- I think that's the shocker. Yeah, that's the shocker. Yes. And I think we get really panicky. Yeah, we get panicky, and if we did lose, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. It depends on who they roll that's out. Crazy though, because. It, it's crazy because that means they will be looking for that World Cup ticket against Mexico. Yeah, that's and that's game. why I'm like, it gets real panicky. Yeah, that's when they freak out. It gets panicky. So, I think I think they'll find a way. I think it's going to be a lot of Sophia Rose and Ashley Sanchez go figure it out. Like, I really think that's going to be what this tournament is. Because I think he's bringing yeah. these vets, but like so far I haven't really seen what he says he, they're bringing, right? Like, I haven't seen... The leadership, because, hey, we almost got the fighting yesterday. Or, um, like, the services in. Or, like, your PK t- kickers are Rose and Lindsay, apparently. And I'm like, I thought that's why we bought Pino. Like, that she right. does better than anybody. Why wouldn't she take the PKs in this tournament? So, um, yeah, I'm just, his decision-making odd to me. I don't think he's setting his talent up well. Right, that part. So then, four points, best case scenario for you guys. So then, like we're like we're talking about, it all comes down to that U.S. Mexico game on July 11th. <laughs> you already talked about Maria. Sa- By the way, I have to say I, I've I've hosted it a few times for the banter. My one of my highlights of U.S. Mexico is definitely Maria Sanchez bodying whoever she does body when she's that's, that's it. That's gonna happen impeccable. again. It's gonna happen again. <laughs> That's gonna happen. And now you have, uh, like, the the way you all have built this team in terms of having your league feed it, ha- I think is the model. Like, I think, and I know yeah. there's a long way to go, but, like, I think it's a really good model. And you got the right coach. Yeah. Makes a world of difference. I think it's, inter- I think yeah. it's very uh-huh. interesting to be on this side. Like, like Sky was mentioning earlier, right? This is a different CONCACAF, and... Mexico just happens to be the kind of team that is a product of a new era of CONCACAF, you know, like it, like, yeah, we got obliterated by the U.S. during those friendlies we had last year. But then when it came around after the Olympics, we faced Canada and we actually score on them. And then, you know, we win, we win the game. Like, (laughs) it's really, really interesting. I think that just like almost like your guys' caution about like overconfidence. I don't think Mexico's overly confident. I don't really see too much like bantery, like, oh, we're definitely going to beat the U.S. women's national team. But I think what's worked for Mexico women's side, and this is where I totally compare the two national teams because the men have been (laughs) absolutely frustrating me, is the women have a level of confidence in just attempting to score, regardless if they make it Mm. or not, which is like, 
then it opens mm-hmm. up so many options for the national team and like you know having that depth that was non-existent because we didn't have a league and we didn't have a way yeah. to scout players effectively that is going to be really mm-hmm. interesting to see. and it's really interesting that it's going to be the last game for both of these national teams mm-hmm. because yeah it depends on how that momentum works right like if mexico is just coming in and they've secured six points in the first two games they'll feel confident enough mm-hmm. to possibly you know score a goal like that's that's always my bar my bar is very low against the u.s women's national i'm like we can score <laughs> a goal we score two like i am happy but it's going to be really interesting to see how that how that game works out I'm just really hoping that whatever happens, like score-wise on that game, something happens with the fans at the stadium, and that's really specific scenario, which is Universitario. I mean, I just really hope it intimidates the U.S. at some point. I'm not entirely sure. I get, like, I, like Amy, I'm, I, I just, I hope they score against the U.S. I'm not entirely sure if they can beat them, mm-hmm. um, but it would be amazing for them to actually feel intimidated because I'm pretty sure that's what they thought of when they actually switched around the tournament. It was going to be held in Guadalajara. And they switched around to Monterrey. I was like, oh, my God, please have a Mexico-U.S. game at Universitario. It has to be there. That's, that's like the, the record-breaking fandom that we need to actually support the women's side. Mm-hmm. Like, in a historical way, I don't think we've ever had, like, women's fans, like, like that many, like, the ones we're expecting um, for a tournament in Mexico, let alone that's a Mexico-U.S. That's actually US an interesting game. point, uh, if you guys, if you guys mm-hmm. can answer it, because... I know our, our good friend Eugene that does some great work over at FMF State of Mind and contributes for Femex Nation sometimes too. He actually did a tally, I don't have the exact numbers, of like how often the U.S. women's national team leaves the U.S. to play games. So mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. how are you guys seeing, how much of a factor or like a mind game do you see do you see them? I, I mean, granted, it's Monterrey, like most, I, like it shouldn't be mm-hmm. too long of a, of a travel yeah, you can just drive no, like across the border. But I, I feel disadvantaged for the U.S. women's side. I I think that's a big deal, right? Our last qualifiers have been in in the U.S., right? Like I yep. think I don't. Again, yeah, you can duplicate it a little bit. No, you can't. No, you can't. There's nothing in the NWSL, and I've been to Bank of California. I was at the we were at the home opener. That place was like ridiculous, but that's still not a yeah, it like it's not there. Those players, for the most part, haven't played in front of anything like that. Yeah, um, you don't have the play. You don't have the amount of vets that have. Yeah, on the team, and that's the that's the other thing. Like you do have a lot of inexperienced players, and I think that's gonna matter. I think they don't have any clue how Mexican fan, uh, soccer fandom works, right, and how intense it can be. Um, and it's like you said off off the pod. It's gonna be really hot, like really hot. And, and there's altitude, and there's all of this. Yeah. Like they don't, they're not used to that stuff. It's a yeah. hostile environment. It really is. Right. And so, right. um, being inexperienced and having to play in that environment, and knowing you've got to get results, you've got to at least get to the World Cup, um, and with the expectations, you've got to at least finish in a place where you can do, you know, do the playoff for the Olympics. Like that's the expectation. Right. Um, and we still don't know. It could work out, by the way. Like I don't, but we don't know. And I think. After the Olympics and the arrogance of that and the articles are like, are the Olympics too easy for the U.S.? That nonsense. Like, and I'd rather be cautious. I'd rather be cautious. Yeah. yeah. And then also I would say for Mexico for the last few years for me, it's been a, when they reach the point of realizing, you know, if you play like you do in league in the international level, you'll be fine. Yeah. So when the, when the stars stop being too bright and it's seeming like that's happening 
and the crust doesn't seem too heavy to carry like when you believe in yourself mm. and particularly because you got players who played against a lot of these american players in the nwsl you realize you are ready and mm-hmm. i think then having home field advantage like if they dust the u.s i wouldn't be surprised it's really gonna come back to <laughs> is it a shootout um mm. and then if things do go awry for the u.s do they freak out and fall apart like they did mm-hmm. with sweden so yeah. that's really the that's really what it is and my and my last point there's no fear anymore like nobody's scared yeah, that of part us anymore yeah that's the that's no the one you know that's a really they respect us but that's a really interesting point because i was talking to i was talking to one of my family members that also watches watches more global women's soccer than just the women the mexican women's national team and he definitely mm-hmm. followed the u.s women's national team and he said that on a global level too he said i just don't i don't see mm-hmm. it like i can't definitively say that you know like they'll win the world cup i know there were some doubts in like 2019 but they still showed up and right there was a lot of more like internal like proving themselves right political politically and just mm-hmm. financially and all that stuff so there was like a real I don't think that there's a lack of fight in them, any like so to say. You know, I think no. there's still a fire in their bellies, kind of thing. But it, it, it feels like like you guys said, right? That fire now exists for a lot of women's national teams all over the globe, mm-hmm. and I don't think they're prepared to see that. You know, to not be in the spotlight, sort of thing, where it's like we're right. only not necessarily rooting for you, but it is interesting to like you said, it, for them to kind of be prepared for them not being the shiniest toy sort of thing yeah. yeah 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 on top of all the injuries that you think you you think and so there's an arrogance too of thinking you could just put anybody else out there no the players you're, you're, list, you're literally missing veterans who do things you can't replicate and you don't have the tactics that match to your current talent and everybody's exhausted that's the other issue so are people going to be healthy in the game the third game mm. or are we playing missing a left back and a six you know yeah. that's a whole different situation you know so yeah, it's definitely gonna be gonna be crazy. I, uh, <laughs> Adri, you have any any other other points to to bring up? I, I was just wondering. I'm not entirely sure because again, this is the first time we have Concacaf qualifiers, World Cup qualifiers outside of the U.S. I have no idea what to expect from the fans in the other U.S. games. I don't know <laughs> if there'll be a constant rivalry. Like let, let's like let's bring them down, <laughs> or snap. maybe. Fans will just be will be psyched because we're having like we're we're hosting World Cup champions I, I, <laughs> um, and the Olympic champions in the other groups. So yeah. Maybe they'll support them. I have no idea what's what to expect I, in that that connect, that case. Do yeah. you feel like that rivalry's crept over to the women's side? Not yet. I personally, I don't feel okay. like it's quite there. I just because like for like for Concacaf and even for the world, I think I think the U.S. still is put on a justified pedestal just for everything that they represent and symbolize. Mm-hmm. But you also, and we were talking about this off the air, like you also kind of start getting that banter that you're like, you know what? I've dealt with this on the men's mm-hmm. side. If it starts permeating, like I'm prepared. I don't want it to exist, but I'm prepared if it comes in. Okay. Yeah. And I think it'll increase. So what I, I would say, and I know we'll do predictions later. I don't, necessarily know where you all will finish but i feel like this is mexico's coming out tournament like i feel like this is the oh they're here tournament for you all i really I would like to believe it's the dawn of a new era like i really <laughs> do want to believe that with all my heart but we gotta secure a ticket first and then i'll start believing just a little bit i'm, I'm, I'm a pessimist, I I'm a pessimist. 
Do you do you not think you you oh, won't qualify? No. Uh, and I have looked at this uh, like so many ways. Like <laughs> <it is> so, <laughs> every single possible scenario. Like what happens if there's an early goal against Haiti and then we can't bring it back and then we lose like I don't know Stephanie Mayor doing an injury. So then who will you come? Uh, like oh, it's okay. just like all possible <laughs> yeah. scenarios, okay. I guess. Um, okay, but truth be told, I think we're really optimistic and think we will get that World Cup ticket. I am actually hoping we reach the world, the, the U.S. game with those six points, and then it's in the bag. Yeah. Just go out and beat the U.S. Like, just don't worry about the World Cup ticket yeah. anymore. Just go get, like face the U.S. without anything else on your mind. I would love for you all to play us as freely as possible. Like, I, I want us to have yes. to deal with that. I want us to have to deal with that. We can, yeah, we can afford awesome. to be bought down a peg or two. Like, we... We need some humbling. Well, we'll everybody, be okay. just like uh, Mexican media loves to do and bring out stats and historic facts. I, I believe it's been, what, 13 years or something for the while. upset yeah. that Mexico did to the U.S. Women's National Team way back yeah. when. So, way back, way back in the day, in the day yes. So, I remember. they're definitely like, clinging on to that. Like 20, 2008, something 9, something like that. that. Yeah, I vaguely remember that moment. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, but I think, again, this is the best, at least top half of CONCACAF has been. So, um, yeah. For yeah. sure, for sure. Well, Sky, Sills, thank you guys so much for being on our pod. Remember, this is a crossover episode, and we gave our beautiful guests who had a tons of fantastic and very, very <laughs> honest feedback and reviews to give about the U.S. Women's National Team for our listeners, in case you didn't listen. So that was it for Sky and Sills on the Our Football Pod. Make sure you follow... Uh, the Shea Butter FC podcast. Where can they find you guys? Give us their hand. Give us your handle so they can go ahead and search for you guys for the other crossover episode. Okay. Um. Well. Uh. So you can find us in multiple places. Um. I guess SBFC underscore podcast on Twitter. On is that under Instagram too? Yes, Twitter and um, Instagram. We have Shea Butter FC. We have a. It also has a link tree there yeah. too to direct you to where this episode will appear. Um, additionally, um, what's the other thing? We have SheaButterFC.com. That needs to get updated. But um, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, everywhere. Um, and then, yeah. Yeah. Am I missing something? Um, no, no. Uh, that's pretty much where you can find us. And then our individual handles. Mine is at Southern Silves on Twitter. And then, oh, yeah. Then I'm Sky Football. Uh wait, am I Sky Five Football? You are Sky wait, Five what? Football. Wow. There we go. So S K Y F Y E F U T B O L. Also, if you go. got to this yeah. pod, so, it'll be uh, in the captions. You guys will find it there too. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Are there anything else? Hooked on phonics. My bad. <laughs> that was just probably be easier. <laughs> Um, no, love to have, having you guys on. I'm really excited to see what goes on in the tournament. Um, it's it's there's just so many things going on with the tournament um nwsl with uh, everything you guys mentioned coming off tons of games the mx feminine right in the middle of like a summer break right. if you can call it that you had players I, I mean players didn't even have a break but yeah something oh, like Lord, that Jesus. um yeah so i don't know I'm, I'm really excited to see what goes on during the tournament and just keep like reaching out to you guys on social media and talking about everything we see on the field. All right. For sure, for sure. So keep up with the content. U.S. Women's National Team, 3 Feminine, all that good stuff. The NWSL, Liga MX Feminine. Follow the hashtags. You know what to do because at the end of the day, it is our football. All right, guys. Thank you so much. See you next time.